0: Hashtag SFM Talking Point.
1: All right, let's continue the conversation this morning. Then, for our SME talk, we're looking at the role of South Africa, um, under the, the the ecosystem, the entrepreneurial ecosystem, in terms of guiding young people and creating an environment where they can actually thrive. Uh, Alan Raiz Re- is the CEO of, of Business Incubator Call. Good morning to you, Alan.
2: Good morning, Cathy. It's uh, Alon Reyes and it's Reyes Corp. Thank, you, the, so <laughs> <No problem.
1: laughs> Thank yeah, you so well, much for that. No problem. Thank you so much for that.
2: speak to the Americans, they, never, they always leave out the p. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Let's get straight into it then, Reyes. Um, one of the one of the, the, the things that we often hear given as a, a critique, in, in particular towards where young people find themselves today, is that, you know, young people are lazy. Why don't they just get up? And start businesses and become entrepreneurs and work hard and become successful. is it as easy as that
2: so kathy first of all i don 't think young people are lazy at, at all. I think uh, I think that uh, they are filled with energy and enthusiasm it's just there, there aren 't the perceived opportunities for them to actually tap into that energy and enthusiasm. Mm.
0: Um,
2: we speak about and i 've spoken about this before about this um, this millennial uh, concept i think that's um uh, for those of, of of the listeners who were in their 20s maybe 20 years ago or 30 years ago i think we we were the same kind of people that we were exploring we wanted to try new things and we were jumped around as well so i'm not buying into that marketing angle either i think the the real issue right now is that if uh, that government is using entrepreneurship in in a bit of a catch-all way of thinking, where we're, we, we're seeing that we can't employ, the, the formal economy is not employing, so we're saying, well, to young people, go and start a business. And then mm. we doing something even worse, is we're sending them on a program, a uh, weekend program. Friday, you're an unemployed youth. You go on a Saturday and a Sunday on a two-day program, and then by Monday, you're supposed to be an entrepreneur. Any entrepreneur out there knows that it doesn't happen that way. Mm. It, it, this, so, so there's this false um, sort of m- framework or model in in it that it, that is is clashing with reality. That's really my, my how I sum up what's going on.
1: Mm. Of course, it's easier to to blame young people for not being good at starting their own businesses than it is to take accountability and acknowledge that the solutions or the pathways that have been created are inadequate in responding to the problem.
2: I, I agree with that statement, Kathy, 100%. You know, for, for me, so, so you have to create an, a, a legitimate enabling environment. You cannot go out there and think that if I... As I said, you train you uh, that the problem is uh, money mm-hmm. but but then you know then when you when you announce all this this money that that there are these you don't tell people what they need in order to to actually get that money you don't you don't enable people to get the money you just say there's money available so all the frustration and I don't want to mention the the agencies involved, but the frustration about that you put all this money out and all this sort of um, resource out, but it's mm-hmm. very hard to access it. And once you do access it, then you jump through a whole bunch of hurdles that you only find out about then. Um, you know, maybe i just just jump to a different uh, part, part of this. What we saw, what I've seen in, in the market is that, that a lot of young people have got incredible ideas, but they don't know how to actually pitch those ideas, to articulate those ideas properly in a way that a a person who might be lending money might need to hear it. And so about 10 years ago we we started a a program called Pitch and Polish um, which went around to all small towns around South Africa and we unearthed this incredible talent from these small rural towns and big cities like all over and you saw individuals who were battling at that time to access um, government, um, let's call it programs and, and finance, mm. all of a sudden being highlighted now, being trained how to actually pitch their business in a way that the financier could understand and needs to hear where they understand the risk and understand the numbers, et cetera. And, and uh, I know this is a bit of a punch here, but this year we, we've taken that digital because of COVID, and the prize this year is a million rand. We're putting a million rand as the the, the winner gets a million rand on pitch and polish uh, this year. We will be training entrepreneurs and, and, and anyone who watches how to actually pitch to get that money. So we're putting out the advice, the, the, the know-how on how to actually access that money anywhere, not just for the prize.
1: Mm-hmm where Where should entrepreneurs begin when it comes to messaging? because uh, you know you talk, you talk about um, having the perfect pitch sometimes it, it's difficult to try and get one's idea into that elevator speech concept you know where you can say it out, articulate it clearly. What are some of the what, what are some of the starting points that uh, one would need to begin with?
2: I think the the first place would be to go, and there's so much resource on, on on the internet. There's really a huge amount of resource, but I would caution this. We we see on TV, we see things like uh, Shark Tank and and Dragons Den, etc. Those, you know, what I've seen since the advent of those shows on on TV mm-hmm. is that when entrepreneurs come to pitch to me, as an example. Uh, the, you know, the, there's the sense that the real world operates like that TV show does, and it doesn't. Mm. You know, you don't come in. Uh, you know, my business is worth ten million, and for ten percent, you know, and I'll give you. Uh, I need a million rand for ten percent. You don't start off like pitching in that way in the real world. That is TV. So I'd be caution anyone who's w- watching. You know how to pitch and how to present. Um, to just make sure that you are reading the right kind of let's call it um, non um, non hyped non TV kind of advice versus um, like if there's, there's a huge amount of resource on the internet. That's where I'd go to if I was a young person.
1: Mm. I suppose oftentimes the difficulty is kind of knowing which information is relevant and which information is is not relevant for what for what you want to do. Are they, you know, are are all entrepreneurs going to be exposed to an environment where they have to pitch their business? So is this something everybody should pay attention to?
2: So, so I'm going to say yes, but I need to explain the yes. Mm. You're either going to, if you are a growth entrepreneur, you're going to pitch in one of three ways. You're going to pitch for an investor, number one. Okay, if, just at a, a, if you're a growth uh, entrepreneur, some of you might, some of you might not. You definitely at at some point are going to have to pitch to a financier, which might be a bank, right? Mm. So you need to. to to know how to pitch to a bank. And number three, you're gonna to have to p- pitch to a client. And is, so so the answer is yes, you're going to have to pitch, but you're gonna have three different audiences depending on, on where you are in your life cycle. But at some point you're going to pitch. So, So to understand how to pitch and understand what is important to the person you're pitching to and what is the difference in pitching to, for example, a client versus pitching to an investor and knowing how to modify your pitch is incredibly important, I think.
1: You also work as as an incubator for lots of small businesses, and oftentimes people will ask why some people fail, and you know entrepreneurs seem to, entrepreneurs rather seem to have you know a lot of tenacity because most people who get it right is, don't always get it right the first time. Mm-hmm. Are there some patterns, some clear patterns that you have watched in in your line of the, of work over the years that? lead to the failure of small businesses?
2: Yeah, so if you look at the stats, ninety six percent of businesses will fail within a ten year period, fifty percent of them in the first two years. Mm. On average a successful entrepreneur will try three point eight times before they are successful. In other words that tenacity you speak about coming back again and again and again. And, and I, I'm going to answer you, your question in maybe a long, long uh, route. In the in the sense, I'm going to talk about the construct. If you fail in South Africa culturally, it's very hard. South Africa has a, a, what we call a re-entry rate. In other words, entrepreneurs failing and then coming back as 1.1 times. We don't come back. So once we failed, once we don't come back mm. again. Whereas in in the US, it's it's 3.8 times. So they. The, the entrepreneurs try 3.8 times before they 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 give up. That's mm. 3.8 that's a huge difference. And every mm. time you fail, anyone, including myself, who's failed, knows how much learning comes from that first failure, which you bring to the second time you you, you try. Our banking system then will blacklist you. It's very hard once you failed in South Africa structurally, as it's the the construct culturally and in in the in the banking system, etc., to come back easily into our system. So we've got structural issues. So talking about failure, what makes people fail? I'm I'm less worried about failure because I think that's natural. I'm more worried about re-entry, that you try again. And and we've got structural issues. Mm-hmm. Now to answer your question directly, what causes failure is not not having a, what we call a compelling economic economic right to exist. It's about not having a product that's differentiated, really differentiated. It's not knowing your, your numbers. It's not understanding your margin. Not having a market that um, that will buy and being afraid to, to sell. Uh, and I see many, many entrepreneurs are afraid of rejection and just want to now put stuff on the internet and then get people to call them in. I'm afraid the successful entrepreneurs are the ones knocking on doors, mm-hmm. calling people, and going out there and selling their products or services.
1: How how difficult has that been under COVID?
2: My, uh, incredibly difficult. And you know, as uh, somebody who's got my own sales team, you know, we 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 we, we spoke about the average uh, individual in my, my sales team would meet around uh, 14 uh, to 16 people a week face-to-face. Now in the last year I've seen two people face-to-face sure. and the mm-hmm. rest is on, on, uh, online where you're meeting a person first time on a Teams or a Zoom meeting. You, it's very difficult to build rapport, very, very difficult. But there are ways to do it. And, and there's a whole new emergence in sales technique happening right now that people are learning how to sell differently on a Zoom call versus, uh, uh, versus uh, the, uh, a face-to-face. So And that information is starting to come out now, and i I advise anyone who's listening to just Google it and saying best techniques to sell online. Mm-hmm. That kind of information is becoming available now.
1: Such important issues that you're raising with us there today. Remember, you can also uh, send through some of your questions, the number to use this morning, 0614-104-107. That's uh, the WhatsApp line. I'll take a couple of WhatsApp voice note questions. Please, let's try and keep the, the WhatsApp voice notes uh, between 30 seconds and at most 45 seconds because I'm seeing those that are on the system are a bit long. But uh, let's just go and, and, and see what we can get through.
3: Hi, Kathy. Uh, Great show. Just love the way that you uh, often put your guests on the spot there and you have some hard-hitting questions that you ask. Um, On the question of unemployment, um, my take on this is that the government or authorities should put back in place the apprenticeship system. Uh, Somewhere along the line, this was completely trashed and it's a real pity there. Uh, this is a fantastic system where it provides employment and and a system of upskilling young people uh, to do a particular uh, job and at the end of the day they, uh, they would get a certificate or diploma to say that they are qualified to do that particular job. Um, it was a win-win situation in, in that it provided cheap employment for the industry and one would think that's exploitation but it, it's not. Um, it was a method of paying for the the education or upskilling of people, and it's it worked fantastically. Uh, why that's disappeared, I have no idea. Thanks, Mike in Miramar.
1: Is is an idea like what Mike is is saying? Is that a, a possible way out of this problem?
2: I think I couldn't agree with Mike. Anymore, I think he is spot on. Uh, that uh, it is bizarre for me that that was disbanded. If mm-hmm. you look at Germany's success, Germany's success was um, was built on, on on the concept of the API. That the, 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 the it's exactly that. There is a new attempt in terms of uh, uh, learnerships and and um, internships now um, uh, for for youth that is trying to replace that, but it is not as structured as as the the, the technical what was the technical appy the guy working for the uh, for the plumber or the or or the lady working for the engineer you know it those those uh, that unfortunately was such i think was such a good model and i I'm, it's it's beyond me why governments mm-hmm. got that
1: mm-hmm. let me quickly take v j in port shepston v j good morning
4: Hi, Cathy.
1: Hi.
4: Yeah, Cathy, sorry, I'm, I'm, uh, forgive me, I, I, I joined the program, so I'm not sure exactly what your, 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 your guest's name is. But I, I caught him uh, right at the outset when, when he, he said, um, you know, he believes that the youth uh, have still got a lot of enthusiasm and energy and, you know, they're just being held back by the system. You know, I work a lot in the space uh, down on the coast of here, and my, my view is completely different. You know, I think um, the youth that I deal with, uh, almost without exception, are just uh, looking for, uh, um, it's a very, very, um, I've I've lost the phrase, but they are just looking for um, handouts. So there's a great deal of entitlement that has been built over the last few years. And I really put it down to the fact that the the situation in the country around corruption, uh, number one, and tendering, number two, has, has has given the youth a completely skewed view of what a career path should look like and what business should look like. You know, uh, they see uh, people getting tenders um, and suddenly virtually overnight becoming multi-millionaires. Now, and they think that that is the norm. The second thing, Kathy, is that um, the government service itself has also skewed the... Um, the expectations and, 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 and the way um, uh, youth view employment because uh, and I think this is one of the reasons that's driving this push into, into higher educa- into university education, and we talk about the graduates that are coming out to degrees that are completely not applicable to the economy because they see the degree purely as an entry into the civil service and then beyond. So I, I really think we underestimate the effect that um, corruption, state capture, all the negative things that have been around for the last 10 or 15 years have actually impacted on the way the youth uh, view their career prospects. Thanks for the opportunity, Cathy.
1: All right. OK, VJ. Thanks. Thanks for that. Look, I'm going to give Alon an opportunity to respond. It's 1030. Let me take Sam Gluli with the latest news headlines.
0: SAFM 104 to 107. Nationwide.
1: All right. We continue the conversation with in conversation with Alon. He's the CEO of Business Incubator Race Corp, and uh, we're talking about just some of the. I suppose it's all. It's just been well-rounded insights and and advice in terms of the challenges that young people face, especially as they set off on the journey of entrepreneurship. VJ from Port Shepston calling in and and raising the issue, Alon, of just you know, the the difference in terms of expectations for young people today, what they think entrepreneurship may be about versus what it actually is, what it actually is, rather.
2: Yes, yeah, so I, I agree and disagree with, with Vijay. So mm-hmm. is there entitlement? Yes, there is. Is it everyone? No, it's not. Are youth uh, 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 maybe may misunderstanding how long it takes, in order to become successful both in a career and in in a a business, yes. Is that something new? No, it's always been. If you look at the the research around entrepreneurship, there's been a mismatch between the expectation of of entrepreneurs from, from 30, 40 years ago when the research first started there was there's always been a mismatch between people who are entering a business.
0: When you mm-hmm. ask them
2: when do you expect this business to break even or make its first million, it's always been, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do it in a year or two years, and the, the reality is actually five and a half years is is the average time for a business actually start making money so it's five and
1: did you say five and a half years
2: yes five and a half years before it's that's the average for business to have a proper return on investment that's Mm -hmm. and also this is another interesting statistic is that entrepreneurship is actually ironically not a uh, not a or technically squeezes into the youth category but the average startup entrepreneur is 34 so I, I wrote an article uh, a while ago that uh, called entrepreneurship should come with a warning label because mm. what what when you start to make entrepreneurs like celebrities um, and you you put you put all these stories on you know the upside of that is that you encourage people to see that the entrepreneurship is an alternative but when you glamorize it then then what you're not showing is. You know the 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 reality of the entrepreneurial journey that it takes five years before you know you can you start to make any decent money, all the the fact that you will sacrifice your 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 friends, your your family, your health, or you know your your sanity mm-hmm. that is incredibly difficult, and that part of the story is not coming through mm-hmm. enough in entrepreneurial stories to to the youth, so that creates that un uh, that. Uh, unreasonable expectation that I'm just going to start a business, add wood add some finance, get a business plan, then I add some finance, and then I'm going to make money. You know, that, that's the that's the the, the notion, and that, it doesn't happen that way. But what I want to say back to Vijay is that it's never happened that way. It's this is not a new phenomenon. And, and I mean, I'm in my 50s now, um, and. You know, when I was when I started my first business at 23, I also thought that. You know, I was also e- expecting to to make my first million in my first year. Mm. Like that, it, it, you know, it, it, that was 30 years ago.
1: And is that business still functioning today, Alon? The, the one you business, started at 23.
2: Uh, uh, the the at 23. That business I sold. Mm. So it, 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 I sold that business at 25, and then went into another business, and then eventually into into Ray School. but those businesses also don't exist, yes, they do All right. Um, but uh, and but I've been doing this in Ray School for twenty one years, working now with incubated thirteen and a half thousand um, small businesses, and you know right now, five hundred small businesses, most of them youth, more than fifty percent of them youth and what i 'm seeing now, kathy, is uh, it's very easy to 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 point fingers at the youth and and no doubt. There's a lot of people that are entitled and getting the wrong perception. I have, mm. I cannot deny that. But there are so many young people who are incredible entrepreneurs. I, and they are tired of just, like they are just tired of the current construct. And my encouragement to them is just to, to, to take a, a slow, mature approach to building a business and, and, yeah, and, and it's happening. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it now. And in COVID, in, in, in a weird way, accelerated that.
1: we continue our conversation with Alon. I've got a couple of WhatsApp voice notes for you. I don't think we're going to manage to get through all of them. But um, I'll just play one. And if it's, a, if it's a question, you can just answer directly after. Okay.
0: Cool. Hi, Keith. How are you? This is Tulan Kumalo. Uh, I started my business during COVID times last year and uh, it grows really 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 fast Uh, and uh, it brings new dynamics every day Uh, so i just want to ask when where one can get uh, the business mentors the business coaches those guys who will assist us on how to position our businesses so uh
2: to um of course, government's got seed uh, incubators, and uh, yeah, there's, there's, I think, more than 50 of them around the country. Uh, there's also, and I have to say this, Corp. We've got uh, 13 incubators around the country. We're a private incubator. It's hard to get into RaceCorp. We get about 50 to 100 applications a day, We only, and we don't look at business plan at all. We look at you, the entrepreneur. We look for what we call blue heart, that ability to stand up again and, and again and again. Um and there you can go to raisecorp.com, R A I Z C O R P.com, and click on Entrepreneur, read through that and apply for one of the programs. Then you'll get mentors, you'll get bookkeepers, you'll get training, you'll get er- er- everything you want there.
4: Hi, good day, Kathy. Uh, it's Raymond speaking here. Kathy, uh, uh, with regard to the issue of unemployment uh, uh, rising up, my take is. Um, I I, I realize that now a government now, uh, they are no longer, and companies together, they are no longer offering the what we call the apprenticeship, the learnership programs. Uh, You know, I'm speaking from experience because from where I am today, I am where I am because of those programs. So if it was in those programs, I wouldn't have found this opportunity and exposure. So I think it's high time we, you know, we intensify those programs. Those programs are quite useful. Thank you.
0: Uh, good morning, Kathy. It's Sunday day in Cape Town. Um a friend of mine studied entrepreneurship um, in one of the universities of technology here in Cape Town and I studied uh, business management and marketing. I I think one of the main problems that get young people to be thought of as being lazy and all those kinds of things. I think they we we, we kinda like watch a lot of television and we don't get practical kind of um, work um, or uh, apprenticeship. apprenticeship. You know, we don't want to learn, we just want to do it on our own. And then when we fail, we we say that people are gatekeepers, of which there are gatekeepers. There are people who are gatekeepers uh, in the business sector who think that everything has to revolve around them. But then uh, I think that's how I see the situation. Thank you very much.
1: All right it's interesting there that the issue of apprenticeship come comes up more and more in terms of those that at least have have walked the road for for a bit longer.
2: One hundred percent, and that's what, what Mike I think was said earlier in the, the two last calls yeah, uh, as well it's, it's in, you know you know if I look at my journey. I had mentors around me from, mm. from the age of 23. I had a, I've still got the same mentor 30 years. As I said, I'm in, in my 50s now. My mentor's in his, his uh, late 70s right now. I still refer to him, go, go back to him time and time again as I learn and grow as an entrepreneur through every phase. This, the, the, if you've got the right mentor, it can change your life. However, I just want to just say, I think this is important, that, 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 the thing about having the right mentors is, 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 is needs to be underlined. About in 2017, I think it was, we had 31 in RaceCorp, 31 applications from people who were in, let's call it government and quasi-government incubators, applying to RaceCorp for um, positions here. These are the mentors the the entry e- exam to get into Race Corp is a thing called the BUSI case study, mm-hmm. which effectively is a is an income statement. There's sales, there's cost of sales, there's GP, there's expenses, etc. We had 31 applications. Of the 31. Two out of thirty-one, the six and a half percent work could work out GP. It could work out the net profit. Sorry, not the GP, the net profit of of this the business. Mm. Two out of thirty-one. These are the people who are sitting currently uh, training other people. So it's very important to find the right mentor with the right skills. I think that 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 to me is, is the danger. Is when we just say uh, mentorship or apprenticeship, it's about what is the quality control mm. around that to ensure that you're not learning the wrong things because you can you can be taught the wrong things which will send you right into you know that 96 percent failure
1: Alan, let me thank you so much, Alon rather, let me thank you so much for uh, a really insightful conversation. It's been a pleasure uh, talking to you and hopefully we'll have you back on the program again soon. Um, uh, really great insights. And I think when I when I look at the kind of uh, organizations and companies that we've had in the slot, especially young entrepreneurs, I know many of them would have gleaned a lot from this conversation. So thank you so much for your time today.
2: Yep. Kathy, may I just use one second to just yes. ask anyone who, who wants to apply to learn how to pitch and win a million rand mm-hmm. to go to the pitchandpolish.co.za website and they can apply there. And there's going to be a huge amount of learning for them and possibly the million rand prize.
1: Pitchandpolish.co.za pitch and
2: Correct. Correct. All right, right. So there you
1: have it. Pitch and polish.co.za. That's that's a different opportunity um, for entrepreneurs that you can take advantage of. Uh, wouldn't mind that million rand prize money, but of course you're going to have to work for it. Uh, so just Google Google it. Pitch uh, Pitch Perfect and .co.za and uh, you'll be able to get more details on that. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll continue our show after this.